Hello, hello, hello. Okay. Ready? One more time. That was like so that much latency. No, that was like perfect. Are you kidding? Oh, okay. Do you want to do it one more time? Yeah. Okay. All right. We have to do it. I'll take, I'll take your word. All right. Uh, I was picking up a suit from the dry cleaners, which are standard for me. Thursday, twelve thirty. Wait, wait, kill, got- kill, kill. I can <laughs> yeah. pitch down your voice. Just say it normally. <laughs> it, it is funny if I just do it like this. Though. Okay, okay. You do you. <laughs> Keep this in. I was picking up a suit from the dry cleaners, which was standard for me. Thursday, 12.30. I got a pretty solid routine these days. I don't know, it just works for me. Anyway, I was leaving. I was getting in my car, and I went to adjust the rearview mirror, but in its reflection, just for a second, I saw a figure. started to trigger. Memories of what I had learned stalked me in my tracks. Who was that? It was- Is this tracking? With Kiel and Sam. Uh-oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, everybody. Out over, uh, after our much, uh, I say much anticipated hiatus, over our two week <laughs> hiatus. <laughs> People were dying for us to go on hiatus. Please stop. <laughs> uh, it feels it feels like a lifetime has passed since all of the crazy shit that is happening. Yeah, I I think we I think everybody's like aged a little bit more rapidly in the in the past past few weeks yeah i feel like there's gonna be some sort of uh thing that comes out that's just like a hundred percent of people on earth have ptsd (laughs) you know it'll be like some statistic that's like it's more people than you think now it's just a hundred percent all people (laughs) every uh yeah person on earth but uh uh should we uh talk about uh in the bio for uh is this tracking we have a resources to support oh, black lives yes yeah and, uh, uh go for it yeah. uh not only that but it's also just things uh concerning community organizing and uh lgbtq mm-hmm. and uh just a bunch of good stuff so uh yeah if and you're qu- quote unquote free things you can do like signing petitions or uh going to protests or other uh activities yeah if you're able-bodied and yeah so on, but uh, yeah, that's uh, on our Instagram. It is this tracking pod. But mm-hmm. uh, let's uh, get to it. So this is Currents by Tame Impala. Oh yeah, they're uh, his third album. Now it's just him. No more Jay. Yeah, no, there no there writing credits on this. Were there? I don't think so. This is like where he gets entirely. He he takes the reins as as far as he can. <laughs> he even mixes this one. And the mix is fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh my god. Yeah. Th- this album. I'm really glad we're 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 kind of doing this because I'm noticing like so much more out of music than I kind of did before. Like I was listening to Nang's today, and I noticed like some vocal takes that are so like under the mix, and just like the yeah. production on this is fucking insane. It feels oh. like his skills increased by a hundred, like a hundredfold. Yeah, he leveled up. And like he leveled up compared to like everyone production wise. Like this is yeah the work of someone who's just a really great producer. Well, I I think he's learning on the um. I actually I have the the vinyl and on the liner (laughs) notes, um, he says thanks to two like engineers who I think um gave uh, him some. Yeah, he said like something like uh I wouldn't be able to do this like without 
uh, your like teachings or something. Without uh, Rob Grant, who uh, yeah, Rob Grant and some other advice. guy gets like Dan Getz or something. I forget who. Dan, wait, Dan not Stan Getz. I don't know. Something gets though. <laughs> I'm probably just thinking of Stan Getz. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm getting some musicians who come up, but uh, whatever. Yeah, uh, it's not about Dan. No, I think fuck, I think fuck it was the Dan guy, and you know what? Fuck Trevor. Fuck Trevor as well. It was the guy who directed the Let It Happen video. He like thank, thanked him for mm, some okay. reason. Yeah. I um, never actually saw that. Is it good? The video? Yeah, never saw it. The one with the airplane and we'll we'll talk about it. I'll talk about it. It's <laughs> we, we can weird. we could I've definitely seen the uh the the other uh famous video. Oh, for sure, for sure. Album. For sure. But we'll get to that too. So um uh, Currents by Tame Impala was released uh, the 17th of July, 2015, which is really crazy because this is June, um, like mid-June 2020. This was released five fucking years ago, and yeah, he hasn't put out took... a new album until now, which is really crazy. Because in five yeah, it, five years it, prior to this, he put out two albums. <laughs> it, it it doesn't feel like a, it, was, it was five years because I remember yeah. being like, Oh, it's a new album already, but uh, no, it's half a decade. Yeah, I feel, I feel that. Ugh, it's a nasty feeling. <laughs> also, also, I mean, obviously, uh, how quick time passes or whatever. But also, I just think like he's been in the public eye quite a bit during the course of those five years, and like you know, he's been he's been getting sicko mode, and uh, oh, for sure, <laughs> he's yeah. uh, working with Lady Gaga and yeah, uh, you know, Weekend and all all those folks. So he's 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 been around, yeah, around the block. In my notes, I called that the collaboration period. <laughs> his uh, his sicko mode period, or he went full on sicko mode. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, should we talk about the reception for this album? People, um, people let's, let's it. talk about the let's talk about the production verse and the development. What it took to create the record before we discuss how it was how it was received. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, can I uh, read something straight from the Wikipedia Please that do. Uh, is real fucking funny? <laughs> this is what this podcast <laughs> is. Just we just read you Wikipedia. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're basically yeah, we're basically like the average like really poorly made video essay where it's like just Wikipedia entries and Fantana reviews, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> it's like uh, no- nothing else. But uh, this this I do want to read because it's just. <laughs> Please it's real it. wacky. Um, so, uh, and I quote, the album's change in style as roots in a... Oh, also one thing about the Wikipedia is that it's like just poorly written. And like, <laughs> they spell synthesize, they spell synthesizer like synthesizer. <laughs> oh, with an S? So, Maybe uh, they're like like British or something. Or Australian. Okay, so is S's. this, I guess this is the Australian way of talking, but they say the album's change in style has root in several events. <laughs> But, uh, so, Parker began to feel that even songs outside the psychedelic genre could possess its qualities. He made this assumption, while un- which is a assumption, I feel like that's not, maybe epiphany. He made this assumption while under the influence of psychedelic mushrooms and cocaine and listening to the Bee Gees staying alive. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so to be fair... And I'm glad you acknowledged you read that straight from Wikipedia because he actually didn't say that in the interview. <laughs> he said, 
he said like oh i don't know we were we were it was something like oh i don't know we were messed up on some drugs or something and then i think the reporter like just spun it into a that quote which is kind of weird <laughs> they said um, he made this assumption i assume <laughs> that uh these songs could have psychedelic qualities by the way i'm hearing them with my ears quite an assumption yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but um and that's our show <laughs> the Bee Gees and mushrooms and cocaine. Jesus uh, Christ. I don't know. Yeah, I, I. This does feel like you're listening to the Bee Gees, but like twisted. Twisted Bee Gees. Yeah. I mean, it, what, I mean, isn't it like you can cancel out the cocaine because the Bee Gees were definitely on cocaine when they wrote that stuff. Maybe not mushrooms yeah. though. So it's more like just listening to Bee Gees on. On um, yeah, when you're when you're on. Also, because this this album is not like. I mean, it is, I guess, sort of a, I've never done coke, but it is sort of a, a freaky album in that way. But I, I feel like it's kind of lethargic. It's not fast paced. Like, it's not like, a, it's not like staying all, it's not like, dun, 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 it's dun, not like dun, upbeat dun, like dun. that. It's it's, it's less fast part. paced than even the, their albums before. Like, there's no like yeah. alter ego-esque Yeah, it's uh, almost like, uh, it's almost like a, a current just drifting along with the, ah. like a, Lazy, lazy river, as they say. Like you're going to the laundry and you see your ex girlfriend. <laughs> exactly. She just <laughs> drifts past you. Or <laughs> hey, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, what else? Do you have any? Uh... Um, well, I think like more generally, you can just say this album is like when Kevin Parker was able to kind of uh, put his love for pop music into um, one of his own records right yeah he's always like talking pretty, about that pretty explicitly like uh there's a lot of like 90s r&b synth and 70s yeah. soul like sort of combined yeah in cool. uh in sort and of also novel tears, ways tears for fears sounds yeah it has it has like a that too it has a very classic sound but like it's it's still very it's very novel it's like everything is just deep fried in this yeah in this psychedelic sea it is, and it's like it's psychedelic, and but like it's in such a different way than the last few albums, which are more just straight up like psychedelic rock that we we've we've seen in like the seventies and shit, and then well, with yeah, like you, this, you, it's just like listen a to international thing. feel. You've uh, heard oh for it a sure, bit. oh my god, I was listening to that this morning. It's like I listen to that all the time. That's a it's, fun song. Nineteen seventy two. That song came out in nineteen seventy two. That's so you know crazy. How I, I found out about that song from a blonded. Uh, oh, that oh, radio yeah. that Frank Ocean. Oh, he put it on that uh, playlist. Yeah, that's nice. how I, because I was I was like, what the fuck? What is this? It, it's a really crazy song. Like, there's just, like a lot of shit. Like, it sounds a lot like Tame Impala, but I think he add just uses so many like more instruments on it. It's yeah, like yeah. It's also <laughs> this Tame Impala can get pretty kooky, but that that yeah. album is real kooky. But uh, oh, for sure, for this sure. album's kooky too. Don't worry. Uh, yeah. What else? It's like this. This album is pretty. It's pretty spotless in pr- production in in the production section. It's just um, yeah, hundred percent. It's like honestly, like it's in terms so of detailed. It's, it's like infinitely it's detailed. It's like perfectly produced. Yeah, and um, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that I love this album, but I, I do feel like it's pretty inarguable that it's a fairly great album. Yeah, yeah. For for so many reasons, I think like like musically i don't think anybody's necessarily tried to like like rip it off or anything but it 
what do you think? What do you think? I feel like a lot of people have. What do you think? I guess like Rihanna, the, the Rihanna thing doesn't really count though, because I I just feel like with uh, uh with lonerism in this album, a lot of people. This was sort of like a sea change for indie rock, and I feel like a lot of people have tried to do the Tame Impala sound, but it always sounds a little bit cheap. Well, what are some you know What, what are some examples though? Like I, I really can't think of any. I don't want to throw anybody. Uh, no, do, do it. Do it. I will. I will. I will. <laughs> um, I feel like a lot of stuff, especially with lonerism, but like um, I don't know, like childhood, and I like that band, but uh, when you when you hear them, you're like, oh, this is a. Uh, this is definitely someone who's listened to a lot of Tame Impala. There's like a whole, like, just group of bands that when you hear them, oh, like um, of, fuck, uh, Mild High Club or something like that. Yeah, like that sort of okay. stuff. Okay, I don't know that. That's just, that's like, yeah, but I don't think it's like in bad taste. I think they do their own thing, like totally. Like it's so yeah, like, sure, but Mild it's, High it's definitely like, like a more like the it, Beatles, if anything. The Beatles. Uh, who else? What What's the name of that band that does that song that's like, close your eyes and hear my secrets? Um, Crumb? Yeah, even when it's not like really obviously Tame Impala, I feel like all of those sort of uh, chill, lo-fi uh, psych groups just yeah. sort of sprung from Tame Impala. I guess. So I think they just do their own thing. lo-fi I'd... study beats. I mean, I'm talking about like people who tried to mimic the current sound in production. Like, if I, I don't even know any like indie bands that do it. I feel like if anything, it would be like pop producers, right? Yeah. Even though a lot of those pop producers might just be Kevin Parker. So <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm trying to think because there are a lot of like chill wave albums that came out before this that have a similar vibe, or at least came yeah. out around this yes. time. Like, and. I wouldn't call them ripoffs at all, but like uh, this this album definitely reminds me of um, an album that came out I think the same year, Vega International Night School by Neon Indian. Great, oh, that album. was the same year. Yeah, yeah, but that one has a sort of similar vibe. Yeah, it's more it. like disco, or it's more it's so much more electronic though. Yeah, I guess so. We'll we'll get into it. Yeah, this this album sure. is very electronic, but it has a very uh, analog feel to it. But um, yeah. Um, uh, what else? So this mm-hmm. this album, kind of across the board, had just great review scores. I'll just oh, read yeah. some. Like yeah, the Guardian went gave up. it a perfect score. Yeah. Uh, Pitchfork gave it a nine point three, which I think they gave to Pippa Butterfly. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Wow. Uh, Pace gave it a nine point four. Uh, the Independent gave it a three out of five. Oh, out of wait three. Oh, three out of five. Shit. Yeah. Three stars out of the Independent dot UK. Uh yeah, who cares? Dot UK, jeez, those uh yeah, they were being real tossers about it. I'm playing. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um, yeah, but I think everybody just sort of recognized that uh, this album is just sort of on another fucking level. It's on another. Fucking, yeah. Um, it's it was. Uh, I think I think it was also their was it their first one nominated for a Grammy. Uh maybe. I don't know. Was was what was it nominated for? Uh, just Coolest best best stuff. alternative music album. <laughs> so it's, as an alternative to music, it's the best. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, it was it was nominated uh, for best alt rock uh, alongside a uh, Dave Grohl. I'm playing. Well, the the um, the award eventually went to uh, Alabama Shakes for sound and color. 
Oh, well, that's not bad. <laughs> no, it's a good, it's fine. It's a good choice. Yeah, I thought it would be like, it goes to uh, Foo Fighters for Wasting Light or something. <laughs> ah, Christ. <laughs> Again. <laughs> <laughs> from like, when Wasting Light came out in like, like 2010 or something, from then on it just goes to that album every year. <laughs> and they open Shit. it up, they're like, up, oh, should have known, Wasting Light. And then Dave Grohl comes on stage chewing gum. One time, we one time we were watching. Me and my dad were watching like Grammys or something, and Dave Grohl came on stage and said a speech and was you know just being his amicable self. And my dad was so pissed because he was chewing gum at like a ceremony. It was just oh, like, what the fuck? And fuck the Grammys. Is fuck the Grammys, though. Yeah, I know. Like, we're shorts <laughs> to the Grammys. Come on. But he was just upset at the chewing gum aspect, which uh, okay, I, yeah, who <laughs> fucking cares. <laughs> I mean, if I ever won a Grammy, I would be chewing some... I would chew gum on stage. Anyway. I would be dipping right out of a Big League Chew packet. I would do that uh, thing uh, that uh, the, good fella, the good fella himself did, where he just said, gee, thanks, and then left when, he, when, when Joe Pesci won the Oscar, and he was just like, gee, thanks, and then left. Oh, yeah. I would probably say some heartfelt shit. I'll be honest. I'd be like... <laughs> The Grammys are so good. They have such good taste. Thank you, Grammy. Um, thank you. Also, shout out to the Oscars. Uh, never biased. Uh, never racially biased. Um, I just love this. Anyway, should we should shout out to the Grammys? Um, uh, artwork. The artwork is by Robert B. Beatty. 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 But it was the concept was Kevin Parker's original idea. And the album yeah. cover actually depicts a vortex shedding, which is when fluid or gas passes an object uh, and makes like a pattern. It's pretty cool. And you can see like IRL pictures of it in science. Um, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of uh, scientific diagrams have been turned into uh, album covers with great success. Like and tool. this one's like a an artistic rendition, kind of similar to the Antares Mira Sun one in that way. But, yeah. Um, yeah, but th- this uh, you know, guy, like, you know, uh-huh. off the top of my head, Pink Floyd, uh, the Unknown Pleasures is like yeah. a pul- pulsar. Yeah, it's like or a, like captured by like a submarine or something like that. Like, uh, really? I thought it was a space thing, but uh, I mean, there's also Is This It, which uh, is like a the Big Bang, yeah. I think, <laughs> or Ooh. a naked woman uh, with a glove on, depending on what country you're in. Oh. A scientific diagram of a naked woman holding a, a glove, uh, <laughs> holding her rear. Oh. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I like this album cover. It's cool. Yeah. Oh, you know this guy oh, also did Vega International Night School album cover. Oh no shit. <laughs> he al- he also did um he technically has the artwork credit for R plus seven, but what he, what he says he did is he recreated a still from the video from a short film. Yeah, exactly. From an animated an animated short from like whatever. One of Tricks has the coolest album covers. Sorry yeah, about. yeah. Um, I was talking about One of Tricks. Real um, estate, real estate in mind. Real. Let me. Which one is that? It's the one. It's actually good. It's not. It doesn't seem like a very like artistic one. It's the one where it just. Oh, that's the one that like kind of sucks. The the dark blue one. <laughs> the their days album cover is really cool though. And then he also did the artwork for uh, Gum, Jay Watson's solo project. Uh, yeah. flash in the pan and then of course he did all the artwork for the current uh singles and the artwork is really cool 
Yeah, fan. except for that one for Cause I'm a Man, which is supposed to look like testicles, I think. Which was so whack. Two two balls. Yeah. Uh, not with it. I guess. I mean it is about guys a who think they I have know. big balls. <laughs> I'm aware, but it's just like it just feels like some dumb shit. <laughs> it could also be two Get ovaries. It? Or I guess one ovary, but that's like how they're shaped. <laughs> Thoughts? <laughs> uh, in that case, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. 10 out of fucking can't argue. Um, anyway, uh, should we get into the tunes or... Well, how about our, our, our personal connections with the album, our personal uh, yeah. relationship? This, um, this album was the first Tame Impala album that I, like explicitly remember like oh there's a new tame impala song let me hear it yeah and it was yeah, on no, YouTube I was like, and it was let it happen follow like following all the singles and then i remember kevin parker had his ama and he really i remember him releasing uh disciples at the ama he like put it out as like a link in the ama he's like you know uh, here's a song for you for you guys that was kind of <laughs> premiering cool. live from the ama <laughs> that's that's kind of that's kind of tight they must have lost their minds yeah no it was it was awesome i mean it's a cool song uh yeah uh i guess in general this is like probably one of my favorite albums i um have not listened to it in the past few years unfortunately but i'm really glad i'm listening to it again uh just the pr- production style especially with the drums is like really i don't know i don't know if i, I want to say influential because i don't like always look for like that drum sound but like i appreciate the amount of time i know he spent on cutting up drums to make them like sound that good yeah and um yeah it's like how fleetwood mac has that drum loop for dreams Mm -hmm. it's uh that's sort of just like very very perfect it has a it's an interesting mix of lo-fi and hi-fi where he's getting that 70s really low end uh it's 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 not like a hard-edged kick sound or anything it's um Mm -hmm. but it but it's also like just really thick and boosted and compressed in a way that only modern production could really would really be yeah but um yeah the 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 drum set the rhythm section the production on the bass and the drums is like a very it's pretty iconic yeah that that's definitely like the highlight in terms of production on the album like um i do like all the synths and stuff but um i think the kind of newest thing to people is the the drum sound just so yeah so freaking people always like the drum sound even when it didn't sound that good (laughs) yeah you want to sound like fucking shit (laughs) i want them to sound like shit when it just sounds so fucking trash um yeah that yeah generally that's um yeah all i have to say about like kind of like my personal thoughts and connection to it i don't know okay well let's uh let it happen make it happen let it happen Make this it was happen. this was the first single and i remember like hearing it and being like this is a weird song i didn't like dislike it i didn't like really like it yet but i just kept fucking listening to it and it grew on me like so much yeah I, it's funny in my mind i didn't think that this song sounded too different from past tame and paula stuff even though in looking back mm-hmm. now it definitely does i just felt like it was sort of a, a punchier more high production uh, version of the stuff that had come before which I mean I guess it kind of that's kind of the main sell for describing it but um yeah, yeah. I remember um being struck by the the cool uh the cool CD skipping thing mm-hmm. I thought that was mm-hmm. a, a really nice touch 
and I, I think I was also just surprised by how um <laughs> how how audacious how audacious it is and how much how long it skips and like how he has the brings the mm-hmm. synth in over it's it is a weird fucking song it's weird <laughs> um yeah. especially near and, and near the, the end what were you saying oh the the meter the meter of it it's super weird because it's like if you were to write it out you would write it out in twelve eight because the like f- for the most part the like uh the phrases of the verse like the chorus and stuff are three bars of four kind of yeah it feels like it's a cut off which yeah in the soul axe remix which i'll get to uh in a second um Doom. oh i love that remix i forgot forgot about the, it. they they correct that you yeah. know what i mean they just yeah. they just make it normal they add in like an extra bar because <laughs> they're like yeah we're not doing that this is a dance song yeah <laughs> um oh one thing about this overall uh album is that this the one of the sort of goals of this album was to make it more of a, a dance oriented mm-hmm. album so that it could be played in a clubs i guess um oh and just sure. sort of yeah. uh communal communal affairs remember those um but uh, <laughs> playing let it happen in the club <laughs> i don't know why i'm crying in the club this song this whole album has the feeling of like someone having an epiphany at the club <laughs> like it's where he's like <laughs> i'm dancing and i feel so different and people aren't gonna like it but i don't care and all that sounds too happy but it's a pretty I'm anxious album too. how about that is that but I'm crying too. What song is that? <laughs> I fucking made that up. Oh shit! But I'm crying. It's so easy to make up Tame Impala. No skill. This guy has no fucking skill. Um, well, what what else about this uh this track? Um, the I, I love the the dr- okay. So I love how the drums start like the like bam bam bam. But then like it goes into that. Uh, to like the second half of the song and it's more like four on the floor and it's like yeah so it, cool. like it the beat drops yeah the, this song damn. is more or less an edm song and i sort of talked about the sort of edm-ish qualities on lonerism mm-hmm. that uh aren't super apparent but on mm-hmm. here it's just immediate the the high frequency and low frequency ducking the filters yeah yeah that that comes in like right before the the beat will drop or like mm-hmm. It ducks for the for the I guess you would call it the chorus when he's singing all this running around. It's like really explicit stuff. It's like he's abandoning the live band thing entirely, except when you see him live and he he does that sort of stuff live and you're like, oh what? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. The it's the drums really are just so crisp. I know. They're, I they're I'm gonna say crispy. it so much over the rest of this episode, but the drums are just so tight. Crisp. So they're so crisp. They're so, uh, it's, but it must be it must be morning. recognized. I feel. Oh, the the vocoder, the vocoder is fucking tight. It is. Oh my it's, god. It's um, it's wild how crisp. It's wild how crisp the the his vocals are through the vocoder because I feel mm. like oftentimes when you do that, it gets a really muddy sound. And when I first heard it, I thought that it was just a collection of harmonies that he had actually sang and then put auto-tune on but i, I don't think it's that at well, all it's just like it just depends just on how, so, how you program it because you can get like a you can get a lot of great like there's like infinite sounds you can get out of a vocoder because it depends what synth you use with it yeah i i wish i 
I wish I knew because because you are right about you you are right about that like compared to like a Daft Punk kind of vocoder it's like really it's really soft like the tangents aren't like as like robotic or anything and it's but it's like it's so smooth it's a beautiful sound I it really I really don't hear vocoders sounding like this Mm -hmm. outside of the song really yeah like maybe in some like bony bear stuff where but I don't know if that's a vocoder even that might just be have you listened have you listened to the new Tame Impala? Like uh, the opening track is a vocoder. Well, I mean, Kinda. using Tame Impala as an example. <laughs> oh, fair, fair, fair. Okay. Defeats the. All right. Well, we'll we'll talk about that when we get there, I guess. I like the uh, I like the snaps on this song. The he does that all over the album, like th- throughout the uh, album. It's a uh, it's a lot of fun. You hear that on uh, just a ton of these songs. It's another sort yeah. of EDM quality. The phasey synthesizers a lot of fun and flanged um, and he has so much control over like over the albums he he'll do this thing where he'll play just like a really basic kind of chord progression and put it like really low filter so it's just kind of under the mix it's like ambient and then like on a chorus or something or on some sort of build-up he'll just open that up and put a flanger on it and that just yeah like, a lot of the drum fills like on a reality in motion i mean we'll get there but the he'll he'll put a he'll put this crazy phaser over the drum fill to make it more exciting yeah um, I wonder. I, I wonder if like Dave Fridman heard this and was like, "Holy fuck!" <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> You're I, making me look like shit. I, I wish um, I knew a little more about I'm like how him. independently he like mixed it or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you have a knack for it and you have for sure a All certain the time amount to... of time, you can just go for it because this is just the most detail-oriented yeah. album. So he's just day in and day out doing his thing but uh uh let me here's a quote that i have uh that he did for uh he was interviewed by under the radar and he's talking about putting this song together he said i think most of that uh yeah okay okay. he's talking about let it happen he says i think most of that song was put together at different times when i was on tour actually i remember it came to me i think i was walking to my hotel room in oklahoma and then the chorus I was at a festival in Hungary or Turkey. And then the midsection, the jam bit, I was on a train. That's a bit looping and a weird uh, repetitive thing going on. And I had my laptop on a train in France going to Toulouse. I think with that song, one thing led to another. I was just jamming by myself in the way I do. And I put it on a loop to see what sounds cool. I just see where it takes me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you could definitely tell on the, the second half of this song is just him showing you a one cool technique after the other one cool like sort of uh just absolutely yeah. tr- neat trick that uh will you know keep you hooked uh keep you uh but yeah this is one of his most iconic songs it's uh got to be one of his best it's just uh yeah yeah so wh- what about like themes like it's obviously it's obviously obviously about like anxiety and it reminds me a lot about uh, of like he was um, in the club huh he was in the club and and what he was crying in the club crying kidding. in the club uh, <laughs> fuck um but it reminds me a lot of apocalypse dreams and like um I th- on, on like a wikipedia and i think and like maybe like genius or something it says it's about like uh living in like a forever kind of changing world that's always stressful that you want to escape but you can't really so it's like that. every tame apollo song yeah exactly yeah <laughs> specifically apocalypse dreams that's the one that um yeah. yeah fluctuation takes its toll takes control um yeah i get that 
I was trying to, I was looking up lyrics and I do not trust genius and I don't trust lyrics. Find it. It was, I feel like aren't the lyrics in the, in, in the like vinyl and everywhere. Like how are they fucking it up? You want me to check? Uh, no, it's, uh, okay. Cause actually, I sure. don't think it comes with lyrics actually. Like I, I mean, I was just listening to it, uh, listening to it today and there's only like the cover sl- uh, slips and then, um, Oh, well, okay. The, yeah. There's just no lyrics on it. Cause oh, also, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, the I was uh, that reminds me of like the vocoder part because he's like said how he's not actually saying anything in the vocoder yeah. part. Yeah, or he he is like kind of. I was of, about but he's, to like, talk about it. that. Yeah. Oh yeah, go for it then. Uh, we could both uh, speak on it, but uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the there there's no uh actual lyrics. It's just him making cool mouth sounds, which uh artists will often do when they're just sort of um trying to figure out the what the song should sound like, sort of uh melody wise and feel wise mouthfeel wise but he just uh stuck with it and uh mm-hmm. it's awesome I, it yeah it works for me yeah I, I was thinking like it kind of sounds like when you are very anxious about something and you're um doing um rumination you know your thoughts are going around in your head kind of and it's and, like they kind yeah. of uh become like yeah, they, they, they're like fleeting and they just keep coming back and stuff and I don't know, get all yeah. jumbled up. That's what I it think made the, me think of. Yeah, the vocoder part's the coolest part, I think. It's just, yeah, it's just freaky. Oh, the, the I love the guitar, the guitar riff. Like, uh, like that's that actually makes me think of like kind of like another EDM element where it's like you have like one drop where it goes in the four on the floor. Then you have another drop, which is like the like dropping the bass quote unquote but it, it, it transitions to like a heavy sort of like riff i guess yeah it's uh it's also reminding people that uh they're listening to tame impala yeah uh-huh. we still play uh, guitar we still rock um yeah so the soul wax remix i wanted to talk <coughs> about it uh partially because <laughs> i just uh remixes it, it is funny that this remix might be soul wax's biggest song yeah it is on their like which is kind of funny yeah i I think it would i think it would also just be fun to maybe do a a series on soul wax one day because they started out as like a post grunge band Uh (laughs) which i mean if you it's the band's called soul wax so no surprise there yeah but they just over the course of like about five albums they went from post uh, from post grunge to doing edm tame impala remixes it's like a really strange trajectory yeah not, i mean now they do like synth um just like synth synth shit like almost like lcd sound system or something like that it's really yeah cool. it's kind of like really a cool higher fi lcd yeah it i mean do you have you listened to their new stuff at all like um uh i think their album called is called like it's not always binary or something like that and they recorded yeah. a lot of the drums on like binaural microphones or something and there's so basically there's like it's like um it's there's usually it's like real, three it's drummers on there's like a drummer there, a drummer center, then a drummer on the other side. I don't oh. know. It's weird. It's weird. And yeah, super cool. Okay, though. yeah, I've I was listening to it because I knew it was a bin- binaural, binaural. Yeah, but um, I don't know that I like listening to binaural binaural uh stuff outside of ASMR, and even then it freaks me out. But uh, <laughs> I feel like when it's uh music, it 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 it's almost overwhelming. Like it feels just strange. Like I was trying to listen to that Perfume Genius album, and it was like oh, even even weirder because uh like 
there all of the percussive elements in a soul axes album just kind of lend themselves to that but perfume yeah. geniuses it was just like a sea of noise like it was like mm. really sort of maximal pop stuff from what i heard and i didn't hear that much because i was just like ah, ah. okay huh that, that sounds really interesting I, I gotta listen to that i think it's the one where the perfume genius uh fellow is standing with their back turned yeah yeah that's the I'm one f- I'm but, familiar, uh, yeah. i don't really listen to perfume genius but uh what else i uh i i I like it enough i I don't know that i i love this remix but it it is just like a fun dance tune like sort of housey i i think in terms of tame impala remixes it's definitely like one of the like the better ones out there yeah yeah i mean people agree it's a it's a like it's a famous song yeah pretty much um Um, can i i'm gonna talk about the music video for a sec and you haven't seen it right yeah, I feel like I haven't. Although the I, I, airplane like thing is wa- ringing a bell. Yeah, oh, I, I feel I, like we watched it, like it together. He's at some trapped point. in an airport or something. It's um, like something weird. Well, he feels like I think he kind of feels like he is because it's all about like 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 this really anxious dude. He's like got to go on a flight, and be somewhere, who knows what. Um, but yeah, he's like in an airport. He gets on the plane. He tries to relax on the plane, but he, he gets just gets he he just gets even even more stressed out than a uh, uh, the steward or stewardess serves him a sandwich. He looks down at the sandwich. The uh, sandwich looks back at him, and the sandwich mouths. Uh, okay, of, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, you know yeah. that scene, and then it gets all psychedelic and um, uh, stuff, and yeah, it's it's it, it's, it, it's cool. It's not. It was my sandwich. I, I it's I don't know. It's not my favorite music video, but they definitely convey the anxiety part of the song well in the yeah. video, like thematically. So it's not as good as a certain other music video. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh mama. Not the best, Ooh. the best video, the, the best, best video, video of all time. Uh, yes. Uh, what else? Um, good. I don't Fun. have much more to say about let it happen. I'm ready to move on to Nang's. This is the true, this was Kevin Parker's attempt at dubstep. Dubstep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's got an epic dub. It's like a when a corn a collab with Skrillex. No <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh. It's it's funny. Um, the synth hits in this song really remind me of Tyler the Creator. Which. The dun, dun, dun. Oh yeah. Those like those sort of oh the strings string. Those are supposed to be like disco hits. kind of strings, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah. It also or reminds disco, me like, of like sort of early 90s r&b and hip-hop it sounds like gangsta's paradise yeah yeah <laughs> right which i feel like tyler and kevin were drawing from the same uh influences they're yeah. probably influenced by each other at this point for but, sure um, they probably were like texting each other like you like this you string sound i made or something igor's about uh kevin <laughs> Ooh, shit <laughs> that's really mean wow why Kevin broke a uh, Kevin broke Tyler's heart. It's sad. Damn, it's very sad. It's sad. <laughs> so, do you know what Nangs means in Australia? No, what is that? It's slang for uh, whippets. What? And the, so- the synth in the song, Aww. the intro is supposed to mimic the f- the feeling of inhaling. We're taking whippets. a fucking whippet. Yeah. Ugh. Not, you know that song <laughs> you know time out of mind by steely dance about doing pcp <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> time out of mind Tr- yeah true yeah i i gotta look that because that's so fucking crazy 
But I, I think about the whippets or the <laughs> Steely the Dan thing. Whippets. Yeah, it's um, it's it's really pop. It's okay. So it's a weird thing. It's um, Australia's kind of got like um, whippets. Whippets are like their jewel pod kind of. Although I'm sure they also use jewel pods. Like it's not something that's illegal, but they're trying to crack down on it. I hope they're not. I hope they're not taking whippets the way they're taking jewel pods because they'll be brain dead soon. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the thing. It's like it is addictive. I I think or I I read it's addictive, and basically it's it's kind of like that thing that Molly does where they say it's like it takes ice cream scoops out of your brain, so you don't. You just just don't like do it too much, you know. It's like don't yeah don't don't do it too much. Don't do that, guys. All right, audience, it's okay to do drugs in moderation. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't I would suggest against taking any whippet ever. It's um I, I have some friends who visited uh Vietnam, I think about two years ago, and apparently whippets is also like a very popular thing there. They have like whippets kind of bars and stuff. Uh you know? it's not really like illegal, it's uh it's laughing gas. Like what well, I think dentists use it, but also pastry chefs use it because they use it to, um, like fluff up like whipped cream and stuff. That's how most. That, it's actually like when people buy it, it comes in like a box with like a picture of like whipped cream on it, like a cake on it or something. Mm. Yeah, I think. Um, I think that's also what a uh, Dennis Hopper's character in Blue Velvet is supposed mm. to be like taking out of the gas mask. I think. Oh. Really, I thought it, I thought he was just drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon. Ribbon. <laughs> he was a it was a vapor form. <laughs> it a it a it a sort of gaseous gaseous form. It's just Pabst. <laughs> Pabst gas. Nags. <laughs> I'll fuck anything that moves. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'll I think I'll actually put in the actual clip there. <laughs> but also keep uh, the keep the Kevin Parker. Yeah, Kevin Parker. <laughs> He's just like naked in his apartment. Like, ah. like, do you like Unknown Mortal Orchestra? No, <laughs> fuck no. I like Kevin Parker. <laughs> so okay, I, I, what? I don't what think the song about is about song? whippets necessarily. <laughs> it's like it, like the lyrics are just. But is there something better? But is, is there something, something more than this? Oh, I something. Oh, something sorry. More yeah. than uh, whippets. Is there something more than that? Is yeah. there something more than that? It's it's a fun song. I like. It reminds me of Com Trues. Oh, it. Yeah, he he does the string thing too. He does that a lot. Like, well, where he'll have like some mid kind of range synth, like whoa, 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 or like a pad or something, and then he'll do these like string hits over it. Yeah, that, yeah and it there's really also does. that really intense uh, pitch warp. Like mm. a, like it's like a yeah. messed up vinyl. Yeah, that was hard like to. A, yeah, t- hard to. Are you talking about the part where with that like one melody? Yeah, yeah, that was that was hard to do. I I just did a pitch bend up kind of thing. It, you just like did a sort of like yeah, <laughs> sort of did it. Uh, but oh, but also Com Trues. He, I would say like in addition to Tame Impala, Com Trues is someone who makes his drums super crispy and tight and and groovy and probably also spends a lot of time like quanti- yeah. quantizing them and stuff like they, they have the same feel as but uh the the sonics are different because he's sort of drawing from 80s uh synth pop as opposed to like sort of 70s uh soul or whatever yeah. for the drums so they have the artificial quality but they both have that sort of like analog compressed like heavy yeah but they, they groove though they still have a groove they grew so hot yeah, <laughs> what else uh 
so yeah i I put i just put chill wave chill yeah chill wave um but i i think it's cool because it's it's like a transition song you know but it's like everything cool that's good about the album in like one transition song it's got crazy cool synth in the beginning then it's got some tight drums and uh the baseline um it, it, the baseline's cool like a baseline sounds cool uh then of course like no guitar which i think sort of exemplifies the album yeah uh, i think they walk on to this song during concerts don't they yeah like they they start out doing the warble thing and jam like jam it out kind of yeah it's wild to hear that live yeah like this like hearing that stuff live and loud the stuff from this album is it's fucking intense i i think Mm -hmm. um when i saw him at echo stage i i think i had earplugs but i hadn't quite put them in when like just these crazy sounds started at the beginning of the concert and i was like oh shit shit gotta Mm -hmm. put them in the oscilloscope thing yeah i think it's all that all that jazz uh so the moment has come the moment um elect i my note says electro rock tears for fears as in um (laughs) everybody wants to rule the world but i would actually argue one of the tracks on the new album is like more tears for fearsy but i I think that's something a lot of people say about this this song probably just because it sounds like everybody wants to rule the world uh yeah i put electronic beat over live drums like this one Mm -hmm. seems like i they're pro the the main drum groove i don't think it's even a sampled live drums i think it's just like a especially because you hear that like really sort of purposefully uh rigid like yeah like have a sort of stutter he might have just done the thing where he records himself playing drums and just samples that basically just cuts it up and it's basically you know drum samples yeah i think there are real like real acoustic drums they're just really cut up and i if i recall this one like the 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 sounds of the drums themselves for the most part the ones up front anyway almost feel i i feel like they've are like a drum machine though that's the way they sound but i might be yeah wrong. no I, I think there is there is a dr- drum machine in there and i also if i recall correctly when they do this live they're not like they're not like it's not like just the drummer playing the drums i think there's like a um drum machine in there too like playing like yeah. the shakers or something like that I forget yeah what. there's this like also this counter rhythm that sounds more just like a a performed uh drum yeah the hi-hat thing that yeah that's like like, that's how they put like a little more groove into it which is oh yeah i really like that's a lot of fun yeah for sure um Um, what 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 about thematic thematic elements of this song uh what's it about it's probably close to uh the album the song before where it's like uh he's just trying to uh embrace change i didn't really read the lyrics i just know it's like I, th- I think it's uh, more like it's more like a decisive song like it sounds like what let it happen is about like anxiety but it's like i think it's about overcoming that anxiety and trying to make decisions to fix things i guess but also in let it happen he is like trying to let it happen <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i guess in in that sense uh let it happen is more in alignment with the title of the record right in uh, the moment hopefully it's yeah. more decisive i don't i don't know i mean it's, it's about all about like personal change and stuff and things that happen i don't know not anything different than what we've seen before from tam impala though to be honest i only know in the moment and this sensation ain't rolling 
That sounds like a someone being like, I, and I might the Google just might be wrong because I don't fucking know. But um, it sounds like someone being like, yo, the vibe's wrong. I ain't in the moment. I ain't vibing with the feelings. Mm-hmm. I ain't fucking with the energy. I don't know what your sign is, but it's probably a sign I don't like. Damn. Yeah, uh, I'm just going off. I haven't even read all the lyrics, but um. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're like anything like super super crazy. I I do think yeah, the chorus no. is like so cool. Like where it comes in with like the harmonies and stuff, it's like really like bright and like it's just really like yeah. I do sounding. like the nice. the background harmonies are real nice. Yeah, he he is good at um matching his lyrics with um uh melodies and um I've talked about this before. We've talked about this before. Melodies and sounds that fit what he's talking about. So when he mm. says it's getting closer. And then the notes go up, and he's like, "It's getting closer." Yeah, and it's like getting echoey. It's yeah. it it just fits the the concept sure. of the moment getting closer. Yeah, that, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, and there's a, that word for it, but we I think we alluded to last time or last episode. Yeah. We probably should look that up at some point. Prosody. I, um, I I I think <laughs> it might be prosody. Uh, nope. No, prosody is just uh uh the what prose the the patterns of rhythm and sound used in poetry oh no what not really. what is that word i don't know well we'll find it um I, I also someone think... message us huh this is someone message us about it please oh yeah i just thought i'd let you know the word so all our fans around the world <laughs> some research but yeah. uh just like a final note i think this is another example of uh some really cool like automations of the synth or maybe he's doing it live or something but like how the synths just like keep opening up and opening up then at the end they're all like like kind of distorted and like flangy and stuff and like it's all about the build-up some some more kind of like edm kind of uh technique there as usual yeah uh i also like how uh this and same person or a new person Mm -hmm. yeah uh there's this break where it just sounds like he put a zoom recorder or just some sort of field recording thing up to an unplugged electric guitar so like when it goes to that break that's like there's like this thick slab of like all the melodies on this album there's just this thick slab of layers playing that line but there's also this strange it just kind of sounds like a an unplugged electric guitar, mm-hmm. which is kind of fun. Yeah, it is cool. But uh, yeah, it's a fun. Tears for fears. Yes, I'm changing. Yes, yes. Um, yes, I'm huh. changing. <laughs> yes, I'm changing. <laughs> yeah, this one's really sugary. It's a sugar. It's sweet and low. So I saw like a, a lot of comparisons. People are like, domino. oh, this is like adult contemporary or something. Right? Yeah. But like very specific, like synthy adult contemporary, not like Toad the Wet Sprocket or anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like ballady, <laughs> ballady kind of. It's going to do a Jim Blossoms cover real quick. <laughs> um, found out about you. It's, it seems kind of corny. Yeah, I don't love the song. I, I, it's not my least favorite on the record. I, I definitely have a least favorite song on the record, but it, it, uh, it's corny, and I th- think the, I mean the lyrics are, I don't know. Don't Sometimes be the blue. lyrics are just not, like not that interesting. Don't be blue. Yeah. Although I do like when he sings "Don't be blue." The tension between the vocal line and the root note staying the same is really nice. 
Because when mm. he when he when he sings that, you think he's gonna like melodically. It would make sense for him to uh, switch chords, mm-hmm. but like the root uh, the root chord stays the same. Mm-hmm. So there's like this weird tension. Hmm. Uh, ch- check it out if you understand what I. It's weird. I've never noticed that. What I mean. the, he he does deliver a good vocal performance. Like the range in this one is pretty pretty crazy especially in that section you just mentioned where he says don't be blue yeah his singing on this on this whole album is like uh leagues ahead of the <laughs> leagues ahead of the album the albums before yeah. he went up at like a whole a whole like octave yeah also that <laughs> <laughs> um it's streets ahead so i've been watching community and uh, that's my streets ahead <laughs> he's he's streets ahead on this one uh what, what uh, yeah i i know that like the the point of this album is a lot of the point of this album is to get sort of corny or cheesy uh sort of sugary uh sounds and melodies and songs overall and just kind of embrace that sort of stuff and uh you know when he's saying like maybe it sounds fake maybe fakes what i like just Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff and sometimes it works for me and sometimes it doesn't but uh yeah, this this one, I can take or leave. That's fair. I, I I do like how he balances out, like you mentioned, like the corny kind of like synth elements. Like he has like these like bells and stuff, and like this like harpsichord kind of sounding synth. And both both of them are definitely like digital. But then he yeah. has these like analog synth pads that he keeps, you know, kind of filtered throughout most of it, but it keeps opening up. And I think that just adds a certain like warmth to it. And if that wasn't there, I think it would be. Yeah, it just wouldn't work as well as a song. Yeah, that and the like, sort of really intense phasers and distortion also. Yeah. Oh, and I think the baseline for this is kind of cool. It's like a, it's, it's like a weird feel. Yeah, it's kind of like a march almost. Dun, yeah, it's like peppy dun, dun, dun. over a halftime beat, which is which is kind of. I, I like it though. I like it though. If you have that song and you need a baseline for it, I think that's a cool choice for it. You know. Yeah, no, I like it too. He's always good at baselines. Um, mm-hmm. It's got that sort of field recording at the end of like a city. Uh, his songs, I, d- I don't think I read all the lyrics, but if I had to guess, it seems about he's talking about breaking up with Melody. Yeah, or I, I think it's talking about the fact that he did break up with Melody and the fact that people change. And uh, uh, it's okay to move on. And yeah, it's kind of ine- inevitable and it sucks, but it's something you have to live with. Yeah, Melody being a person, not he didn't break up with Melody and only does noise now. Yeah, that's a uh, yeah, yeah. Just so we're clear. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't even have to be in the context of Melody. Maybe it was someone else, like after this or something. Yeah, I don't know. but um, I I do think that was a uh, one of the I think the uh, context for the album was a uh, oh okay breaking up with uh, yeah. Melody, but um. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, this is a definitely a in my feel song. When it, whenever he plays it live, I don't think he's playing a guitar or anything. He's just sort of walking around the For stage, sure. like sort of swaying, just, which is always fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's nice to see a uh, Kevin uh, swaying. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't <laughs> oh, really have any yeah. more takes on this. Like it's it's not my favorite song, but I, it's I don't. It's not my least favorite song on the record either. Don't be blue. Um, what what's is eventually? Yeah, next? eventually is next. Yeah, this, this I think song this is also the, has a lyrically similar thing. 
Yeah, this I think this one's a little more hopeful though. It's a little more positive, and I think it's I think it's actually more platonic in terms of the themes. Um, like he um in an interview he said, uh, do I have the quote? Oh yeah, yeah. The song is about knowing that you're about to damage someone almost irreparably. Ooh, um, and the only console cons- consolation you get is this distant hope hope that they'll be all right eventually, because funny, you know that like, they aren't going to be now or soon. His lyrics are so explicit that he I don't even know that he needs to explain them. Yeah. <laughs> it almost sounds like he's quoting his lyrics in that interview. <laughs> <laughs> True, yeah. I remember when I like heard these lyrics I was like so he's just on the nose. Uh we'll we'll get to that. I put a uh sort of quote from the Guardian review unless I know the better that's uh talking about that sort of stuff, but uh Okay. Yeah. Hmm. We'll get there eventually. Absolutely. The, I think this this one is, I think the one people m- most referred to the kind of EDM influence for. Yeah? Yeah, like I just remember it being like all over like Reddit, like all, all over Indie Heads and like r slash Tame Impala. Um, when I think of that, I think I'll let it happen. Huh. I mean, this is like, like think about like kind of the like halftime rhythm over the heavy kind of riff. Or do do it's on half yeah, time, which is the drums are heavier, but yeah, you, you, I think you know what I mean. It feels to me like it's a hip hop song, but with uh, sort oh, of this falsetto okay. crooning over like it. Like kind of like a boom bap, kind of like like some heavy yeah. like sample. Okay, like chopped that's, up. When I first heard it, that's kind of one of the things that uh, hit cool. me about it. That's Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's cool. Also, this is one of those songs I, I put in my notes that uh, you can definitely hear the trip hop influence, and I think I'm kind of hmm. talking about that or at least i i definitely can and do you have anything specific in mind like uh i think the stuff uh uh with 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 the hip-hop beat but also um there are these chimes that come in during uh-huh. the break at two that kind of remind me of like a like a massive attack song or something yeah, no I, I think the heavy part sounds like a massive attack song too it sounds like something for mezzanine yeah yeah um like angel yeah which he covered yeah um yeah, it's it's that and also just how how psychedelic the whole thing sounds kind of just mm-hmm. makes me think of just like a, a trip a trip hop song. Yeah. Yeah. Oh so did you know that um there was almost like a lawsuit over this song? Uh me- Melody was like <laughs> No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's a, it's pretty like weird. Um it's pretty trivial too, but um, basically, um, there's this uh, funk band out there from kind of from who started in the '70s and whose heyday was in the '70s called the Skull Snaps, and they're actually like pretty good. Um, they have like some like really cool shit. But um, uh, one of the members Freaking claimed man. that uh, Kevin had used an unlicensed sample from their song called "It's a New Day," and he claimed that he sampled the snare because the song has like a drums intro, drum intro, so you can like just isolate the snare. Um, and used it without uh, permission, but Kev- Kevin basically replied saying, "That's like ridiculous. It's not the case." But I really appreciate that you um, compared my drum mixing to like a <laughs> classic kind of '70s funk classic. You know? Yeah, that's funny because I feel like at some point, if you know how they recorded that stuff, you can replicate it. And I feel like Kevin cheaper. <laughs> knows. Yeah, like, but. Huh. Maybe, 
you can replicate it, but you'd have to be a really good drummer. It, right? Or it, no, I think it's the sound. It's all in the sound. If you have the right mix. mics, the right compression, the right stuff. Because he's just talking about a snare. He's not talking about the beat itself, right? Yeah, well, just the snare. But, like, um, but like maybe, like, a live, live drum kit wouldn't make sense for eventually, you know? Or, like, a really unprocessed drum kit wouldn't make sense. But that snare sound works would work well because it just like isolated and repeated as a sample yeah i mean it but that still applies to what i'm saying because if like if you know the mic setup for all that stuff and then you record your stuff and then you chop it up and sample it Mm -hmm. and it has a similar production style to the skull snaps like you know yeah i think there's probably a lot of (laughs) just (laughs) drum I, i haven't heard the song specifically but i feel like this there there are a lot of um albums from around that the skull snaps era that have a drum sound that is similar to this yeah maybe not as like a heavy or like uh uh freaky fresh and they also pro uh, i'm guessing they also yeah. sound a little bit more like lo-fi just because they're like older because they're you know. chill study beat anime chill study beat um i think yes. this is a one of the songs like this whole album that uh where it's like this interesting mix of sugary pop and then these really really gnarly textures mm-hmm. like this sort of like really distorted just deep fried like bass sound or so- something yeah. like that hell yeah but uh yeah so it's a fun one it is, yeah. It's 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 like a really solid song. It's like one of the top tracks on the album, I, I'd say. Like one of the best songs of the record. I don't I don't think it's really my favorite though. Definitely have it. actually Word. maybe I should say it now. I think Let It Happen is my favorite on the record. Okay. Huh. Okay. Hello, boys and girls and non-binary pals. This is Sam. Uh, just to let you know that the second part of this episode is readily available i just could not fit this recording on one episode because it's too long for the service we use thank you for understanding Thank you.